All right. Hello, and welcome to the Packcast. I'm your host, Jacob Wade. I'm your host, Jeremy Van Suarez. And I'm your host, Logan Riley Bruner. Welcome to episode 48, right? Cuarenta y ocho. Let's begin. Logan, <laughs> since you're in the hot seat, would you like us? Would you like to take us through some housekeeping? Well, Jacob, I'd be happy to go through some of the keeping of the house that we have to do this week. Take it away. Well. Can't play and keep it together. We become an ASMR podcast. We're gonna do a little bit of housekeeping now. <laughs> this soda short is buzzing. There was some ASMR on the episode of White Lotus that we watched this week. Oh, you watched it? Really uncomfortable. Oh, nice, nice. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um, I'll come back later. <laughs> we have uh, an interview that was released two weeks ago with uh, collective member Susanna Scorcia. Great interview. She gave us some amazing answers. We're really happy. We've got a new interview coming tomorrow Yay. Uh, with collective member Ryan Quigley. Yay. His year two interview. We're super year excited. Two. Year two. Uh, bringing him in. Uh, and then we're recording some more interviews in the next coming weeks. And other than that, you know, we're just, we're doing the do, we're living the life, we're living La Vida Loca. Living like Larry. Living like Larry. Love it. Yeah, that's that's the keeping of the house. Cool. Great. Thank you for the keeping of the house. Thank you, Logan. You're welcome, Jeff and Jeff. viewers, boy oh boy did we have a good week. Mm. This past week, we got to go to the Great Wide Way. <laughs> Broadway. I'm talking about Broadway. We saw a Broadway play. This one was called Slave Play Ooh. by Jeremy O. Harris. A fellow Jeremy. Would we like to discuss this play? Like, in depth? <sighs> depth? Let's do it. It's a spoiler cast for the <laughs> slave play now. So if you don't want to know anything about it, then just, uh... I actually don't, general? I don't think we should spoil it. Okay. Let's not spoil it. I think, and I only said, I know it's gone like, now, I, yeah. and I don't want to center myself in this conversation. I want you both to feel validated in your opinions and your feelings on what's happening. I don't want to, I interrupted you when you were talking. I apologize, Jacob. We're listening. Uh, I think that this is a very important play to be digested, and I think that even though people can no longer see it on Broadway as it is closed, it's important to read it blind. I think going in knowing what was coming might have taken away a little bit of the impact from me. Not knowing what happened uh, in later portions of the play, I think would have made it a different viewing experience for me. And I wish I could have participated in that. Correct. I had a different viewing experience than you did. Being that, I went into the play blind. Not knowing any of the plot whatsoever. Not hearing a lick of reviews or... Thoughts or feelings from uh, colleagues or peers or friends of mine. And I had a great experience. I There was a moment of the play where there's a turning point and a little something I wasn't expecting. And then it, it, it takes a turn. And I am glad that I didn't see the obstacle coming. Nice. I knew some of the plot. Not all of it. But, you know, I knew, like, the vague, like, through line... But I didn't know the details, and that's really, that's really what got me, you know? 
Um, there was a point where it's just I couldn't like take my eyes off the stage. I was in awe of the transformation that these actors go through every single night. Like I was seeing, I was seeing like a reflection of reality on stage. Like it was frightening and beautiful, and just like really great overall. Absolutely. Great performances from the cast. Oh my gosh, yes. Extremely talented cast. They work together extremely well. I uh, loved the sound design, um, which is in the yeah. the script as well. So it's like part of it. Part of uh, so I guess Jeremy O'Harris, your work. Um, loved the use of music. I mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never heard. That song used in that context before. Right. Right. You know? That's very interesting. And I love the discussion that it inspired among us after the show, being like, why this song? Yes, we had a real good talk after. We had a nice talk over dinner. If you see theater, go to dinner after and just have a conversation about what you've just digested as you... Digest. Digest, you know? uh, It was a great moment. Truly. I would also like to say that... Something I love about this play is that no matter who you are or where you come from, you're going to be sitting in that audience and identify with a character on that stage, Mm -hmm. no matter who you are or where you come from. For that character's best traits or worst traits. Yes. For each of us, it was a different character. Mm -hmm. And that affected our conversation at the end. Mm -hmm. It is brilliant what theater can do. That was some of my favorite post-theater conversation that we've had. Because I remember... Because we we didn't just dive right into it. We were, like, stone-faced, like, silent, internal rumination on the way to this Applebee's. Like, we were going through it as we were coming out of the theater. I I don't think we even talked about the play until we ordered. Barely did. Like, and I felt, like, so satisfied, but I walked out of there, like, looking like... I, I bet I like looked upset, but on the inside I was just like, Holy I think we shit. were all shook. It's it's a very shaking play. Don't get it wrong. Jeremy Harris, Jeremy Harris, knows how to push enough right buttons to get you to understand his point. Mm-hmm. He's done it in Slave Play. He's done it in in previous plays as well. He he knows how to take things like just the right amount of far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love think, that about him. I think. He knows how to take a topic of discussion that is difficult to have and have that cre- have that discussion and inspire that discussion like while mm-hmm. taking you through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things it's one of those things where it's like your outrage is the point of the show. If you are should you be upset at this the show. Yeah. You know? Cuz like that that and that's why I walked out of it so, so like, content, because yeah. I was like, I should be outraged to show because it's a reflection. The stage, the set is is a mirror, literally a mm-hmm. mirror. The audience, you can watch your your horrified, shaken expressions, as well as In real time. the rest of your audience counterparts, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. That is so done on purpose to get us to, like, think about it in that way that it's like, 
this is like this is the reality that you know we're we're facing right now. Yeah. A few people were so uncomfortable that they walked out of the theater before the show was over, which yeah. I've never even considered doing. Right. Yeah. And which I've like thought of as like so disrespectful in the past, you know, like even if a show is terrible, like sit through it to see it through to the end at least. Mm-hmm. But like even that the fact that I witnessed that for like the first right. time is this and stage? it wasn't like a health reason it was like someone like just making the choice I know I'm yeah, not something here for this. happened I'm gonna go. in the show and they were like I'm out and they're like oh hell no <laughs> and just walked out mm-hmm. and even that kind of reflects the power that this show has, show has yeah. on people and the effect that it can have on yeah. people and, and you never theater, know. theater in general you know yeah. that's the power that it can have yeah you know? Wow. Yeah. Really great stuff. Really great stuff. I, I, I give it like five out of five stars. And I honestly think it was one of my favorite plays that I've ever had the privilege to like actually see. It's one of those plays that I think that everyone should experience once in their life. So if it's playing anywhere near you, try to get a ticket and see it. Yeah, it's a difficult watch. Um, there, you said there were mo- there were times that you like couldn't take your eyes off stage, and I remember us talking afterwards. And there were saying, moments like, there that were you moments couldn't that, like, watch. I couldn't even watch. Yeah. That I was just listening, knowing the awful, horrible <laughs> things that were coming out of people's mouths, and like knowing that I knew people like that or people who held those opinions. Um, I think, especially as a white man, it's a show that's really important to reflect on and to take a step back and recognize the truth of, like, it's not about you. Yeah. Even even as even as a Latinx person, I was watching the show and being like, I've... This is, this is real. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really real. You know, this show might not be talking about me specifically, but I... Like, this is happening, you know? Yeah. I've seen it. Ten out of ten. Agree. Five out of five, ten out of ten. Whatever you want to call it. It's some great theater. Yeah. It Uh, really is. It should have won multiple Tonys. The fact that it the fact that it was nominated and didn't win a single Tony feels to me most nominations ever for like it feels it feels to me like the Tonys were like, We're gonna nominate you thirteen times but we don't like what you said, so we're not gonna give you any awards and I don't like that. Especially since, like, the Tonys were so slim this past year. Like, Slave Play deserved Tonys. Did it come out in 21? It was at the last Tonys. 2020 or 2020? Uh, Did I burp in your face? I didn't mean to. When did you burp in my face? Okay, good. So I didn't. I thought... Are you asking that sarcastically, or... (laughs) I felt like I did, and I didn't mean to. No. I, I didn't? You didn't. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we're still friends guys <laughs> it all worked out I might have heard you burp but I didn't smell it. I like burped and then you went like <laughs> and I was like oh no <laughs> oh man you know disrespect alright so yeah, I'm, I'm just flipping through the like nominations yeah well the point is it didn't win and it should have it should have yeah and that was our discussion of Jeremy O'Harris's slave play. Coming up next, 
something much less enjoyable. Whoa. Or maybe maybe it'll eventually end up being good. I'm not optimistic about I this next piece of news. I have no idea what to expect of this next piece of news. Well, let's find out what that piece of news is, shall we? <clears throat> Take it away. Microsoft, creators of the Xbox, yep. to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. That's not a real number. It is, apparently. That's like succession-type deals. One hundred yeah. like, million dollars. Like, could you dollars. imagine signing that and then, like, having to watch the company account and being like, yep, we got the 68 billion. Activision is probably most known for Call of Duty. Yep. The first-person shooter franchise that has taken the world by storm and has come out year after year after year capitalizing on that sweet, sweet money. Right. Uh, it's also Activision Blizzard, so that includes World of Warcraft, one of the biggest MMORPGs ever to be released. Mm -hmm. It includes Diablo, legendary franchise, Overwatch, mm -hmm. Candy Crush, because mm -hmm. Activision know, but... Blizzard owns King, uh, Starcraft, and a lot more. Treyarch Studios, Raven Studios, High Moon Studios... Literally, they only made Call of Duty all, all the, Call of Duty the last sucks. few years. Uh, Beanox, who made like the Transformers games, like all those types. Sledgehammer games, Call of Duty Infinity War, Call of Duty Demonware, no clue. Toys for Bob. Toys for Bob! I love Toys for Bob. Yeah. Um, this is a really interesting acquisition. You know, I, you know, I'll, I'll say my bias. I have a PS5, and I absolutely love it. I have a PS4, and I absolutely love it. You know? Yeah. I'm a, I, I like my PlayStation, so my opinions may sway. Um, if I was an Xbox owner, however, I would be so freaking excited right yeah. now. This is a crazy acquisition. Like, this isn't like a tiny little studio. This is an already multi-million billion dollar studio that has made some of the largest, most profitable video games of all time. Yeah. Now, Jeremy. Yeah. Does this mean that as a PlayStation gamer, I will not be able to play, like, the next Call of Duty game that releases? We don't know for sure, Jacob. And what about Skyrim? The Elder Scrolls Six oh, was also... Bethesda. But that's also that's, Xbox, that's right? That's also Microsoft now, yes. Well, Starfield was their next big RPG to come out. So, like, Elder Scrolls in Space, essentially, right? Fine. Uh, that kind of game. Like Outer Worlds? Yeah. Um, Starfield is going to be Xbox exclusive. Okay. I'm guessing... Which means Elder that... Scrolls Six is going to be Xbox exclusive. Wow. This deal isn't supposed to finalize until 2023, so... We'll see. We potentially still have one more year of Call of Duty on the PlayStation? I, I don't think they're going to take Call of Duty off multi-platform. I think it would lose the company more money than it would make Xbox. Like, I think the individual company of Activision, Infinity War Sledgehammer, whichever company is doing it, would lose more profit by having it be an Xbox exclusive than by doing the multi-platform. I think they bought it because it's a good acquisition to have and being able to sell games to PlayStation is always enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um... They could, though. They could. Make it exclusive. Because people will buy a console just for that one game. That's kind of the big allure by Nintendo. People would buy a PlayStation just for God of War. I don't think and people would buy an Xbox just for Call of Duty anymore. I think they will. I think for Call of Duty. And I, and I think it's crazy to think that because it's like not even Halo could sell as many 
consoles, I think, as Call of Duty could. I think Call of Duty, much like Halo, used to be able to sell consoles. Like, Gears mm. 4 used to be able to sell consoles. Like... It's, it's like, still, like, the most, like... Like, one of the most profitable, like, franchises, you know? Yeah. There are so many people hooked on Call of Duty that I think if you were still choosing between the two and you really liked Call of Duty, you'd probably go with that. My question is, is it profitable because of their microtransactions? Because a lot the past, like, three Call mm. of Duties that we've gotten, we've gotten for free. We've Fair. just waited for them to go free on no, PlayStation, PlayStation gotten Plus, PlayStation yeah. Plus, and then they're like, oh, you got the game for free, do you want to buy all these skins and all this, the Battle Pass and the Season Pass and the yeah. da, 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 and the da, 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 and the new weapon and the, the solid yeah. gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, my fear is not that everything's going to become Xbox exclusive. My fear is that a bunch of people who knew about a bunch of abusers and who allowed a bunch of abuses of power side of this deal are going weird. to slide themselves under a carpet and hide for a little bit, and then when a bunch of the dust blows over, pop back out and start doing their jobs again. Yeah, so a lot of bad reputation at Activision right Extremely now. serious allegations. Let me hear them. Uh, sexual harassment of... Most female staff, uh, underrepresentation of female staff. Is that the one that has like the frat kind of culture? The CEO was sending emails that were super inappropriate, like, and Activision was asked about not Activision. Um, Activision was asked about him, and they were like, "We're not firing him." And Microsoft was asked about it, and they were like, "Well, we'll see." How everything yeah. shaped up in two years. The last, yeah, well, the last update I saw was that he's going to stay on until the acquisition is completed, and then he will depart. But I remember there was also when the acquisition happens, when the deal is finalized, he'll leave. And now it's when the deal is officially signed, done, he'll leave. Mm -hmm. Is it going to become, oh, we just need him for the first couple months yeah. in order to make sure things go over well? Oh, think, he's really I, integrated with I the think, team. I think they're going to get rid of him. I don't think it's gonna be a. I don't think this is gonna be a, a a Bobby Kotick redemption arc. I don't think it's. I don't think that's Microsoft's aim here. Okay. I think I think their aim here is to acquire another billion dollar studio to make games for them, and to. I, I think Activision can be redeemed, but people like Bobby Kotick cannot. That's not that's not Microsoft's goal. They're not helping you know, just one person here. I hope. I hope, I so hope too. they get rid of him because those kind of environments are not okay in any area. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, going back to, like, the, like, could Call of Duty be exclusive? Like, we like we really don't have any information on what games could be exclusive or what couldn't be. We could be dealing with, like, timed exclusive, where it's, like, yeah. Call of Duty on Xbox for the first six months. Or it could even Xbox be... players get these characters in Overwatch yeah, a month early. You know, Game Pass. Yeah. Day one, you get Overwatch. You don't have to pay $70 for it. You get the game for free. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been saying since PlayStation 4, I'm like, I want... I respect Xbox as a competitor. How can I not? You give know? me a reason to buy it. Give me a reason to buy it. I want a reason to be jealous of an Xbox. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest Call of Duty person, but this has made me perk my ears. It's a big move. It, it is. is a huge move. And I'm now I'm looking at Xbox being like, all right, what's the next move, baby? 
Yeah. Where are you I, going with this? Yeah. What I want from Xbox now is not to hear about another huge acquisition, but to see, start seeing the fruits of their labor. You know? Yeah. They've been acquiring studio after studio for the past, you know, half decade. Um, and I want to see what comes out of that. So you want to see your Spider-Man for PlayStation, exactly. your God of War, your... Yeah. Exactly. I feel the, the, the reason way. to be like, holy shit, I should... I should get an Xbox now. Xbox yeah. Originals. You yeah. know, and I was... And that's, I was... that's why I got a 360 back in... Me too. 360 days, and I didn't get a PlayStation 3. was because I was like, I'm not really going to play God of War, because I wasn't really... I wasn't, a, I wasn't old enough, yeah. yeah. And so it was like, oh, well, Halo's cool, and I like Forza, and maybe I'll go with the 360. My friends have the 360, so let's do Xbox. And then PS4 just hooked me back in with... Yeah. I mean, for me, it was always a cost thing. You know, interesting. PS3, the PS3 was like notoriously more expensive. Oh than yeah, the Xbox. that is true. It was like it was like what seven hundred versus four hundred. It started at like six hundred, seven hundred bucks. You know, granted, like by the time I was investing in that generation, bucks. it yeah. was it was really expensive. It was really expensive. I remember it coming out and people being like, "You guys just messed up. This was the wrong price." Mm -hmm. Which is why when it, which is why it was so essential for them to win back the gaming audience with the PlayStation 4, yeah. announcing it at $100 less than Xbox, shoving it in their faces with the, like, this is how easy it is to trade games. Like, really, like... Xbox also just dropped the ball Xbox dropped the, the ball. And, and, I think, and I think that that video of being like, here's how you share a game like this, I think that really set Xbox off. And I think ever since then, they've been trying to be like, how the fuck do we get back on a throne. Yeah. And I think I they're approaching that level. We'll see. Now I just want to see the games. They're I think they're approaching the potential. I want to see them approach the level with the actual product. You know? I get you. Yeah. Well, wow, what you. an excellent discussion on yes. the acquisitions of Activision and Blizzard. Did any other news have there have been some sad celebrities passing away, which has been I'd like to shout out Betty White. Rest in peace, oh Betty gosh. White. Yeah. Wow, Betty White, Meatloaf. Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Meatloaf passed, passed today. Away. What? Today? Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, and, uh, I thought it was today. Oh, uh, and Louis Anderson also passed away. Wow. That was um, yesterday. That was yesterday. Wow. Last night. Yeah. Uh, and then Louis Anderson passed away this afternoon. Oh, um, goodness. Rest in peace to some legends, some really incredible talents. Um, we just watched Fight Club. Yeah. We just watched Fight Club. Mm. Meatloaf is very good in that. So uh, it's it's always tough losing people in the industry. Um, hearts are with their families. Shout out any Spaceballs fans. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like that yeah. movie. Fuck. I know. Any other entertainment news that we want to discuss? Um, I would I would like to shout something out. Oh, can, I was I was gonna say, can we save that for the content we're consuming? Shout oh, out? sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Good. Want to talk about movies? That movies? Are yeah. Out? I just want to make sure there was there was no other it's like convo topic. Movies coming out this week. Uh, again, we've got a bit of a short list. It seems that January is a bit of a quiet time for films. Um. I've only got a few that I'm discussing. There's more in the description and the comments, so check there. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll kick things off and we'll go quick. 
Uh, so first up, Cyrano, which we discussed on Packhouse 45, the Peter Dinklage, Joe Wright musical, gets a wider release on Friday, January 28th. We're going to go see this. Let's yes, it's, see getting, it. it's getting a national release sometime in February, so we'll be talking about it even more, and we're all planning to go see it, so that's going to be great. The Beatles Get Back, which we talked about on Packhouse 30 and 42, is in theaters in IMAX for Ooh. one night only, Sunday, oh, January 30th. You want to watch the Beatles uh, Get back. kind of fall apart kind of break up uh, in IMAX. Check it out. Now's your chance. Uh, in terms of movies that are coming out this week, uh, we've got Finland's submission for the interna for international feature at the Oscars with compartment number six, which is uh, directed by Juho Kusman Elkova, who wrote alongside Andres Feldsman's and Livia Ullman with Russian dialogue. I'm not. I'm going to butcher this Russian, Russian Ijuba? name. Ijuba? Right, is that nine? Molmenko. Ijuba yeah. Molmenko. Uh, based on the novel by Rosa Lixen. Uh, it looks really good. It's about. It looks like it's about two people that meet on a train and kind of their interactions with each other. Looks intense. Looks character-based. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, it looks very pretty. It does. It, yeah. looks, it looks like a character story, which mm -hmm. I like. I like conversations between people, just people trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um, Me and my crazy train roommate. <laughs> speaking of people just trying to figure things out, uh, Jenny Ortega and Maddie Ziegler star in... Jenna. Uh, Jenna. Wow, thank you. Okay. Jenna Ortega and Maddie Ziegler star in The Fallout, which is directed and written by Megan Park, which appears to be about two high schoolers who survive a school shooting, just how they move on uh, after that. Um, the director, uh, Megan Park, has been an actress for a really long time. She was in What If with Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, this looks super good. It looks really intense. Um, the trailer started yeah. and we were like, ooh, this one yeah, looks, it looks real interesting. it looks beautiful, it looks intense, it looks real, and it looks like there's going to be some beautiful character moments. Yeah. So a lot of character movies. Yeah. Uh, and something that I loved was that at the beginning of the trailer, they had a little warning for dealing with trauma. That yes. it was like, this movie deals with discussions of trauma of your discretion advised. Yeah. Love that. I think it's super great. Um, I miss the days when trailers would open with, like, they do it in movie theaters still, kind of, but, like, I miss the days when it would open with, like, this movie has been approved for all audiences, yeah. rated, they do. whatever. Oh, all movie trailers yeah. do that when they show in the not theaters. On in the theaters, not on YouTube. No. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, like, the place I watch trailers is YouTube. I wish yeah. there was just, like, a quick, even if it was, like, one second. Just so I can pause it and read it, or just like just keep people safe. Yeah. Just make sure that people are aware of the things that they're watching. It's yeah. important. Uh, so want to shout out Fallout for that. Uh, next up, we have uh, an Ooh. Adrian Brody written and the starring trash movie, man. Clean, <laughs> uh, which uh, appears to be Adrian Brody doing the John Wick thing. There have been quite a few of those. But this one looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a garbage like man named Clean attempts to. Clean clear up his life. That's his name? His name was Clean? Uh, that's what the description of the movie says. Yeah. Um, directed by Paul Solette. Uh, this looks this looks really good. It looks like an action film, and I'm always here for some good action. Yeah. I've been watching, you know, I'm, I'm watching Succession, and Adrian Brody has a, like, a guest star, so now I'm just like, you know, and then this trailer pops up, so I'm like, I see you, Adrian. I see you, Adrian, you great actor, you. Doing your acting, doing your acting. Yeah. Uh, two more. From director Michael Franco, who is a Mexican director and writer, we have Sundown, which is about uh, a 
a wealthy family on vacation with a little bit of chaos that breaks out. It's starring Tim Roth. Yeah, I was getting a lot of divorced vibes. Yeah, <laughs> but it seems like the divorce might be a part of the movie. It might be uh, an interesting little divide that's happening. It looks like another intense family drama. Yeah, it looks like really beautiful, and the trailer is like very mysterious. Like I still don't know exactly what's gonna happen. Right. Um, and I think that's what they want you to feel like uh, but it looked very like it was enough for me to be like I want to know what's going to happen here yeah uh, one last film for the week this is Georgia's submission for the international award the country, of the Oscar yes the, state. the country not the state not like I thought uh, Brighton 4th is about a Georgian wrestler who travels to Brooklyn to help his son out of gambling debt uh, looks like a character we're getting so many character so many films. Characters. I'm yeah. just saying character yeah. over and over. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. It looks like a character drama about someone who's fighting for their son. Um, yeah. Yeah. And intense. just Yeah, it looks really Family, intense. You know? Well done. Um, excited. I'm. It's really cool being able to do this particular segment of the podcast and see what each country is submitting for the Oscars. Because yeah. we're only going to get five when it comes to the Academy Awards. But there's a hundred plus films that are going to get submitted for this. That's crazy, so yeah. we're going to be seeing like every country's submission roll in. We've seen a couple from other countries. We saw Iran's mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. So it's going to be really interesting to see just what else pops up up against. I think really the front runners right now are a hero from Iran and um, the Italian film. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I just. But I knew I wanted to see I just it. I know what you're talking about too. Hand, hand, hand of God. Hand of God. Yeah. yeah. I'm like misconnection. Looks super good. Isn't there also like, like, lesson, school lesson? Some, some, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just naming shit. You're just you're saying words I'm at saying, this point, well, and hoping that they're I, titles. Yeah, I try to say words. I, I really hope I succeed. Uh, those are the movies that we're really excited about coming out this week. There's some more movies coming out. Uh, you can check all of them out in the description below. Not on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. Don't check there. Uh, there will be recommendations on Instagram, though. So if you want to check out those, they'll have some content we're consuming. Speaking of content we're consuming... Yo, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What you munching on in terms of the arts world? Hmm. You go first. Okay. Um, you all know my feelings about Dawn FM. Right? I really thought you were about to say Dune. <laughs> here we go again. But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to talk about Dawn FM. But I wanted to bring I it did up. That a lot last week. I wanted to bring it up because I didn't think there would be another album that would catch my my ears as much as Don FM did. And yet, in the third week of January, it's only been the first month, there has, there is one. There it is. FKA Twigs has dropped her new mixtape, Capri Songs. Um, it is a just... If you've listened to FKA Twigs before, you know that her music is kind of, you know, it's downbeat, it's mellow. Like, sure, those, those, those kicks and snares might hit hard, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like sad and like, heartbreaky and like like breakup music and like I just want to cry while I like lay in my space pod and, sm and smoke my blunt you know that's made out of rose petals wow this is a descriptive image yes that's usually FKA Twigs' music yeah. but it seems she's taking much like The weekend with Don FM it seems like FKA Twigs is taking the more upbeat uh, path for this um, there's 
Afrobeat, there's uh, trap music, there's UK drill, there's R&B with Daniel Caesar, there's uh, there's like dancehall music, this is like FKA Twigs at like what sounds like her happiest and it makes me happy. Um, my favorite tracks, I don't even need to look at the track list, my favorite tracks off the album are Ride the Dragon, Honda, Meta Angel, uh, and Darjeeling. Um, if you've had any interest in FKA Twigs before, and maybe you want something different, and you from her, or if you're just looking for some for some some hot some hot hits, you know, listen to FKA Twigs' mixtape, Capri Songs. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what else I'm doing. Oh, I, I I slaughtered my way up to Silver One tier in Apex Legends all by myself because my friends are so good at the game that we just can't play anymore. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? What else? I'm still watching Succession. Um, You're not going to stop on the second to last episode like you did with uh, Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit are you? No. I'm, I'm <laughs> you finished that, didn't you? No! no they you still haven't! You caught up, right? I haven't finished Queen's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, something. You gotta get on that. Oh. That's it. I'll just leave it at that. Alright, me next. Go ahead. Me next. Logan and I started watching The White Lotus. Woo! So, so good. Shout out to Fred. Love you, buddy. I mean, come on. You're it's, awesome. Hey, Fred. I, He's so uh, talented. I, it makes me feel so dumb <laughs> for... <laughs> when you want to tell this story? I'll tell the story. We're on the pod. It's my pod. Um, <laughs> we're... Uh, I meet Fred. Outside of a show, we're we're Ephraim show. Ephraim show. Collective member Ephraim Bernie and Ryan Quigley and Ephraim sister Gus. We talked and, about and the Jackie. show. We talked awesome. about yes. If you're if you're a faithful listener of the pod, then you know that we saw playing possum. Fred was there, and we're talking before the show start or after. He the show came started. up. No, was at the Is yeah. It, it was after after, after, after the show. After, we yeah. said hi at the beginning. He like came up to me because yeah. he recognized me because we've worked together. Yeah, and, and then we said hi, and we then after we were chatting, yeah. just we were chatting as one does after a play. When and you when you know somebody and you're like in that same general yeah. group, you're yeah. doing a like yeah. And I actually I had met Fred before. Yeah, years before. Years and I didn't earlier. even make the connection. But I was like, oh, are you an actor? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. If White Lotus didn't answer that question, Fear Street He's and great. Woman in the Window. I, didn't, uh, I haven't seen him in anything. I know. And now we're watching White Lotus and he's so, he, he, I love so many of the actors on that show. His performance as Quinn is just so like nuanced and natural mm-hmm. that I just, I, it's one of my favorites on the whole show. So I'm just, I definitely want to start watching. Oh, definitely so do. good. I've so heard very watch. interesting things about it. Great it's show. it's hard to watch, honestly. It's There's fun. a lot of sections it's that I'm cringe. like. You can't do cringe. Cringe is tough. That. Listen, when I see cringe, I like I embrace it. Yeah, I, I embrace it when it comes to the arts because I'm like, this is supposed to make me feel bad. And also, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God I'm not in that room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're safe, Logan. It's true. You're safe. It's true. It's them who's. <laughs> It's all the empathy he has because he's such a committed actor. Aww. You gotta give that guy his flowers. <laughs> anyway, what else have I been watching? I started watching Glitch on Netflix, which yeah. is an Australian drama. Uh, yeah. 
um, basically a doctor and a, a policeman like are like they discover bodies coming out of the cemetery perfectly preserved like their their bodies are like it doesn't matter how long ago they died like their bodies are fine now oh, and we don't not, know why they're alive that's not and good that's oh they're alive and they're like coming back to life they yeah. come they come out of their graves and they just go about living again but like the doctor and the 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 policeman they're trying to keep it a secret because I mean no one's gonna believe this right and also they're supposed to be dead like they can't just it's got a huge thing it's a huge thing wow that sounds cool yeah it's a cool show and like if they get like too far from like a certain area like the bodies they start bleeding from their eyes and and they turn into sand it's crazy (laughs) so I've been enjoying that nice um, those are those are the two things that I've been consuming that I would recommend to others nice you might have seen it on my recommendations. Uh, White Lotus, of course, we started watching. I'm very much enjoying it, even though I cringe pretty much every other scene. Um, I've also been watching Station Eleven, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Super HBO, great. Right? HBO yeah. Max, yeah. yeah. Super great television. Um, I need a break from it every now and again. We'll I'm do sure, an episode yeah. like every two it's or three like a, days. It's like it's a hey, post-apocalyptic show. This it's show was about a random sickness that started spreading. A random spreading. flu that spread and killed everybody, and the people don't really work together, <sighs> and the whole world falls apart. And it's, it's like hashtag too real. Hashtag too real. Uh, to supplement that, I watched the latest season of Queer Eye. Yay! In Texas, it was delightful. There's a new protein shake that Anthony introduced that. that I want to try. Ooh, We're going to do it together. It's like bananas and pea protein and cinnamon. Nah, uh, it like sounds delicious. Coffee, yeah, like it's it. instead of whey, because whey is based in milk, it's like plant-based. Oh, protein. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I was going to try it because I've always had problems with milk, and so I figured yeah, the, the change in the powder would help. Like the closest companion. No, well, really not. Yeah. Um, actually, I have some oat milk in the fridge. Mm. Um, I want to try pistachio milk. I, I've heard it's okay. Uh, I have been playing Control and Alan Wake, both excellent games. Good games to okay. play. You say it every week. I know they're good games. He's playing right. it every week. All right, What's, all right. What's uh, the deal? I keep my things fresh here. On <laughs> well, good for you. Some games take time, you know, hours, fifty, one hundred hours. Speaking of Alan Wake, I'm watching. Remastered. Collective <laughs> member. Michael Jorge uh, is doing some live streaming again. Yay! Um, Welcome back to the streaming game. We're very happy. He got his Instagram back, and so he's back to live streaming. JM got his Facebook back. We're all back to the social medias that we were kicked out of. Yes. It's really great. Woo! Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll finish it there. We already talked about Apex. That's really the only other game I play. And uh, the only movie we saw this week was Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Saw it for the second time. We're going to be talking about it on Saturday. Did I show you a movie this week? No. I you showed you Mother Android. Oh, which was so good. Shout we out also watched the movie. Mm. But you could you could talk about Mother Android. Yeah, talk about. I would actually like to hear real quick. It is a real refreshing take on um, a story that's really about immigration. Um, and uh, extremely well acted throughout. I wasn't a huge fan of 
all the characters, but that doesn't matter because I'm I, I feel like I'm not supposed to like all of them. Yeah. Um and yeah, just a, a great narrative Chloe that didn't get the flowers that it deserves. So if you've got Hulu in America Or Netflix anywhere that's not America. Or Netflix if you're not in America, look up Mother slash Android and you'll find a great movie. Yeah. I, I cried on my second watch again. It was just post apocalyptic narrative, uh, like uh, Android apocalypse though, not zombie or yeah, but flu, no, flu. not like Terminator, not like Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles, not an action movie. No. Much more like it's more characters. Like, don't breathe. Or yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, don't yeah. The or, uh, uh, or a quiet place, quiet place, or bird box a kind of place. that. It's like not called it's called a quiet place. I mean, there is there a is a movie called Don't Breathe. Okay, but. That, yeah, that. a quiet place, bird box, that kind of yeah. idea. Yeah, stay yeah. quiet, stay alive. Yes. Yeah, um, and then we showed my mom for the first time Cloud Atlas. Yes, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's really, so really well done. Yeah, it's really so, so incredibly, like crazy how the Wachowskis were able to weave this narrative together, the story that weaves across six different timelines, that or time periods. Time periods, you know, six inter intermingling, interchanging yeah, stories that never yeah. actually really cross. cross over, but they do. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's based on one of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite and books very different than the book. Yeah, not I mean, in terms not, of story, in terms of storytelling, in terms of pacing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different, and I think it works really well for the medium that it is. It 100%. works as great as a film. The book works better when it does its thing, and the film works better when it does its thing. They're telling the same story, and that story is beautiful all around. Yeah, very impressed. It's a long movie, but with proper reason. Oh, Gotta yeah. Cloud Atlas, Tom Hanks, Halle Berry, Hugo <sighs> Weaving. Uh, Jim Broadbent. Jim Sturgis. Who's Jim Broadbent? Oh, make sure that I actually got you. I've seen, asked that before. You, you know, you're gonna see you his face, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, I know that yeah, old guy." I actually got it right. It is Jim Broadman. Yes. Yeah. Is that Slughorn? Yeah. Yeah. Slughorn. Slughorn. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's two more recommendations for you, Mother Android and Clubhouse. Yeah. Two final recommendations to end us off this week. We're we're trying to not go super long. We we filmed the spoiler cast earlier today and it's, but it's I feel like standard. I feel like we talked about a lot though. Yeah. And we didn't like skip out on conversation either. We weren't like rushing. No, yeah. for sure. This has felt like a really nice. clean, really nice podcast. Yeah. Just, I've enjoyed oh, it. Episode oh, yeah. forty eight, kicking ass. Uh if you guys have any recommendations for anything you want to see, if you have any shout outs that you want to deliver uh, put them in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to chat with you. Um, yeah. I have nothing else. That's Thank what you, you missed on Glee. Thank <laughs> you so much for watching. Thanks, Anchor, for the sponsorship. Yes. Uh, thank you for being a part of our little journey here on the podcast. And, uh, oh, right, right. Uh, as always, I'm Logan Riley Bruner. I'm Jacob Wade. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Whose phone? <laughs> it's my mom. <laughs> I, I gotta go. Bye, guys. <laughs>